Coming up on this edition of AM on the FM, an in-depth review on Post Malone's current U.S. tour, the hot corner isn't looking so hot for the Texas Rangers right now, and let's talk about something a little bit more serious. You know the drill, don't go anywhere, it's AM on the FM. Sports, entertainment, music, and so many types of chaos, all on the same wavelength. It's AM on the FM. Don't you dare touch that dial. All right, guys, your quote of the day. Don't spend your money on a dollar store miracle. Don't spend your money on a dollar store miracle. Don't do it. That comes from Austin Richard Post, a.k.a. Post Malone. That's a great line, and that's one of my favorite songs off of the new record, Austin. Um, Obviously, the tie-in to what we're going to talk about today. Um, So bear with me a little bit. Uh, The puns and the relativity are always real with 1 a.m. on the FM. So uh, there you have it, your quote of the day. Don't spend your money on a dollar store miracle. And... Probably something I'm going to live by for uh, the rest of time because I've done that plenty of times in like a literal sense, not really dollar store, but, you know, like maybe uh, taking the cheap way out financially to try to make it through. But uh, like like the setup I have now, you know, I, I tried the whole Yeti USB mic thing back in high school just because it's what I could afford. But now I've got an M-Audio Air interface with a Studio Electronics mic because it sounds better and it does the job better so uh the literal sense and then the figurative sense like don't put too much faith into something that doesn't really deserve it or something that doesn't warrant it you know like when someone comes back in your life say that things didn't work out the first time they come back that's a dollar store miracle right there if i've ever seen it where they come back after disappearing, after wanting out, what have you. They come back and you expect things to be all peachy keen and amazing again. The chances of that happening are slim to none. It's happened before. Weirder things have happened to people in life, but um, that's just something that you don't want to spend your money on if uh, I were you. And trust me, I've been there, done that. And it is not worth your money nor time. Uh, your, your figurative money or literal. Again, been there, done that. So let's go ahead and dive in head first. I do want to start with the sports conversation first because I feel like the Post Malone thing could kind of go on a whole tangent of its own and I don't want to uh, necessarily divert the whole episode of AM on the FM. So I would like to start with what happened literally right before I started recording this, which is the Texas Rangers defeated the Miami Marlins to sweep the series and sweep the homestand. And it was a costly win. It absolutely was a costly win. What happened was a ball was batted to the third baseline and Josh Young went to go make the play and it looks like it hit the inside of his glove and I've only seen the replay once so this description might be horrible but it hit uh, the 
I guess, weaker area of the glove on the thumb. And he ended up getting in-game diagnosed with a thumb contusion, which is a good thing. That's basically a glorified bruise. And uh, lo and behold, after the game, he got sent to get x-rays and there is a fracture, a fractured thumb. And we kind of have an idea of where this could go. Uh, obviously, this is just spitballing. And of course, I, I bet by the time some of you guys actually listen to this episode, we're going to have like a clear-cut answer of what's going to happen here and what the timeline is going to look like. But Jose Altuve is kind of the baseline that I'm looking at here. And that was about six weeks whenever he broke his... Um, that would be my guess, about six weeks. I'm no doctor, but we've seen it happen to major league hitters before and major league players where, you know, the outside of the hand gets hit, there's a fracture. Uh, it's something like four to six weeks. You could probably even see an extended uh, stint on the IL for a rehab assignment, what have you. But you're going to be without Josh Young for over a month at minimum, over a month. That's not good. That's really not good. And even though uh, he's been striking out a whole lot at the plate, his defense has been fantastic. Uh, he's still got the pop in his bat. He's been hitting home runs. And uh, I say he's striking out a lot, but that's not saying that he's not getting on base. He's getting on base and he's scoring runs. So um, it's worrisome. It's very worrisome. Um, but it also is intriguing because the options that are available to help replace that production where do you start? Well, you start with the major league roster. Times like this, situations like this, are why you have a super utility player like Ezekiel Duran. This is exactly why you have an Ezekiel Duran on the roster. So you're going to get to see him in a lot more action. You're probably going to see Josh Smith getting a lot more reps, uh, whether it be in left field or even on a Zeke day off or a Zeke DH day, maybe. I uh, don't know with the catcher situation if there's going to be many DH days available for uh, other infielders, but um, you could see Josh Smith a good bit too. So there's your instant answers. What are your not so instant? What, what are the answers that you need to actually calculate and make a couple of business decisions about? Well, you could talk about the 40-man roster where you have Bubba Thompson just to have another body and have another bench guy, and then you really have Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith getting the brunt of the work there uh, in terms of the lineup, and then you have Bubba Thompson whose speed has proven to be valuable. Um, there's answer number one. I think the other answer is a lot more intriguing, but uh, philosophically is not as easy. Justin Foscue, the former first-round pick. Uh, he's not on the 40-man roster. That's why this gets complicated. You're going to have to make a corresponding move to get him on the 40-man roster. So what does that corresponding move look like? Uh, it could look like a Brad Miller DFA. Uh, if you ha I don't think they really have any guys on the 40-man that are presumed to be out for the year. Um so no IL transfers, 
Uh, I don't really know what else. <laughs> you know, there, there's a couple moves that could be made. There could be some other DFAs, maybe some bullpen arms that haven't exactly worked out. I mean, we just saw the Joe Barlow DFA uh, earlier in the week. And that could be something in play. You know, a, uh, I don't want to say a veteran, but an older farm arm, if you will, uh, that just is never going to see the light of day. That could make sense. Um, I don't know if they want to do it after the addition of Austin Hedges, but um, like there are some options there in terms of the 40-man, but I think the easiest one for me, at least, that I can come to an agreement on mentally is uh, a Brad Miller DFA. It's nothing against Brad Miller. It's just he's not helping this team right now. He's a guy that, you know, carries a big salary figure. Uh, so that might be the reason that the front office doesn't do it, but uh, he's eating up space on the bench for younger guys um, who I want to move on from, or at least just see, you know, someone else in place of, I'm not saying like, I want him gone. I'm just, I want someone younger getting the reps is Robbie Grossman. I know literally just a, whenever you're listening to this depends, but um, a few days ago he hit a three-run homer, but it's like that's the only production we've seen from him. His defense is not exactly great. There's a few things about Robbie Grossman. Like there's just a few veteran guys on this team that probably don't need the reps anymore. I mean, you saw the Rangers do it with Charlie Culverson the other year. You know, like they've done it before. They've moved on from the veteran guy to allow for growth and allow for youth. It could happen. It could totally happen. Uh, but it won't. I, I feel like Robbie Grossman does have a advocate of some sort. He has a sponsor, if you will, in that clubhouse. So Josh Young expected to go on the injured list, and uh, that could be an extended stay for the Jungle Cat, which is not good. And uh, if you hear any, like, ambiance during this episode, I am trying a new method of recording, which is called holding my microphone, um, which isn't exactly the smartest podcast 101. I took a whole college class over this. I put myself in debt to learn how to do this stuff, and I'm completely going against all the rules. But, I mean, hey, if YouTubers can do it, I can do it too. But you might hear my chair creaking a little bit more because the mic is closer to the chair. Um, it is on a shock mount still, and I'm literally holding it by the metal base. So hopefully there's not a whole lot of uh, annoying, like, uh, taps and whatnot and bumps. But I, right as I say that, I bump my hand into the windscreen. So how nice. But uh, yeah, just please help uh, help me out by dealing with me <laughs> as we get through this episode. I promise it won't be too bad, um, especially once I get back in school here in a few weeks. Um, I will have access to a podcast studio where I don't, won't have to do any of this. And hey, maybe we'll get some video to go along with these podcasts as well. Wink, wink, wink. Okay, so there's a little bit of Josh Young and Rangers talk. Um, did do a show at the day job today as of this recording on Sunday. Um, and talked a little bit about Zach Martin. Got the agent's take on how the Zach Martin situation could be fixed from Joel Corey. It's a great piece that you can go take a look at at cbssports.com. Uh, 
Uh, highly recommend if you are engaged with the Cowboys or you're trying to learn about like salary cap theatrics and whatnot and gymnastics, uh, go for it. Absolutely go read it because there are some very specific numbers and specific reasons behind these numbers. But it seems like after reading that and really the thinking all along for me was the most likely resolution that I think can and will happen is going to be a one year extension worth about 21 to 22 million dollars. Why is that figure important? Well, it's going to be prorated. It's going to be deferred. Uh, there will probably be a signing bonus on top of that. That could be like $5 million that also gets prorated and spread across uh, those phantom uh, fake years, whatever they call them, uh, at the, the void years. The void years. Sounds so cool for such a boring concept. Um, the void years at the end of his deal that they already did on his restructure back in March of this year. Um, so they could spread across that salary to essentially give him a raise the next couple of years and get him up to that salary figure that he wants to be at and then they can kind of revisit what happens next to later down the road later down the road um so it makes sense I, I i think that that is the most likely outcome i mean the only other way of like paying guys more than what they're getting base that we've seen is giving them incentives which I think at this point in his career just doesn't make sense. And then two, what incentives are you going to give him that will get him up to, you know, that $20 million range that he wants to be at? There's not a lot. And especially, again, at his age, with his tenure, there's no reason to put on incentives to try to get him up there because it's not just a show up to work and you get the money. It's, hey, you're going to have to get this percentage of snaps you're gonna have to do this that and the other and it all counts against the salary cap the same so it's like why not just give him the extension i think the extension is going to be the most likely scenario and i think the extension is going to happen it's just a matter of when and not if another question mark for the dallas cowboys is the kicker position and folks if you have not caught on if you have not been paying attention the cowboys kicker is not on their roster it is not. Just talk to John Mashoda, friend of the day job and uh, personal friend, uh, covering the Cowboys for the Athletic. Uh, the kicking situation per him is bad. It is very, very bad. Well, let me tune into my uh, Stephen A. Smith. This is bad. This is very, very bad. Like, it, it, there's no overstating how ugly the kicking situation is is this year and has been for the past couple of years uh you don't have anyone on the roster right now that has experience and you don't have anyone on the roster right now that you trust so who is the eventual kicker of this team i don't know they've waited around too long robbie gold is still on the market but i don't know if the cowboys are a team that he would want to play for because if you don't remember he had a franchise tag situation as a kicker in San Francisco that he completely went uh, scorched earth saying he didn't want to play for the team anymore. He just wanted to go home, which his home is where his family is in Chicago. So I don't know if he would want... He, he told media back at some NFL I think it might have it was either the combine or the draft 
he talked to all the NFL.com staff and said that he's at the point in his career where he thinks he can be kind of picky about where he goes and he would want to go to a contender. The Cowboys are a contender, but is the living situation where uh, he would want to be physically and mentally? I don't know. I don't know the man. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, that's like the best veteran option. There's probably a few other names out there that could make sense. And hell, they're probably your only option at this point. You're running out of time if you're the Dallas Cowboys with this kicking situation. I don't know what they're doing here. I really don't. And it's kind of annoying that this is year two of the kicking position being in such flux where we just have no clue where to look, where to point, where to hide. What are we even doing with this kicking position? I don't get it, but the answer is not on this roster. It is not. Plain and simple. Let me talk to you. Yeah. Sorry, I had to show some love to my boy L.A. Knight after winning the Slim Jim Battle Royal at SummerSlam in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I still haven't even watched SummerSlam in its entirety. I'm going to do that after I finish taping, editing, and uploading this podcast. So if uh, any of my wrestling Mark buddies are listening to this podcast, I hope you enjoyed SummerSlam. I hope... Uh, it was good because I'm about to sit down and watch it in its entirety, and I hope it is not a waste of time. I know it's not. I already saw what happened in it. I just want to watch the quality of the matches, uh, especially that EO Sky cash-in. I heard Bianca Belair had a pretty legendary sell job on a knee injury spot, so uh, ready to see the in-ring quality, but that is besides the point because... Saturday night, I went to Fair Park in Dallas. Why did I go to Fair Park in Dallas? I went to Dosecki's Pavilion in Fair Park in Dallas. Why did I go to Dosecki's Pavilion in Fair Park in Dallas? I saw the Metroplex's very own Post Malone. He is visiting. Dosecki's Pavilion for a two-night stay and two nights of awesome, awesome performance. Live music is one of the best things that humanity has created and continues to evolve with and around. I can't underscore how much I love live music. It is just so important to me. It is so important to humanity in my mind it is so real it is so raw it is so emotional it is so beautiful and it is so necessary that we have the arts that we have live entertainment whether it be music whether it be plays whether it be pro wrestling whether it be uh, comedy acts what whatever it is live entertainment is such a beautiful thing so i'm all about it uh, let's, let's go through and give a little bit of a review of the, if y'all were not here, I'd be crying U.S. tour. So this tour is promoting and celebrating his fifth studio album, Austin, the self-titled album, which is a far cry from what most people usually associate Post Malone with, um, 
it's a very unique album. It's a very guitar-driven album. It's a very drum-forward album. Um, heavy bass lines, very heavy lyrically, uh, spectacular lyrically. I gave a bit of an in-depth review on the previous episode of AM on the FM, so go check that out if you have not already. And this just feels like a happier Post Malone, um, and it, it shows in the live performance. So luckily I spent the extra $15, bless you Dosecchi's Pavilion for having a $15 option to get into an expedited line where there was literally no wait to get into shade because when we arrived when me and my buddy Justin arrived to Dosecchi's Pavilion in Dallas in Fair Park it was 107 degrees 107 degrees Fahrenheit it was not fun it was really not fun to walk from the car to the pavilion itself. But luckily, we were able to buy our merch before we even got in, got the merch. Um, Live Nation, you suck because the shirt I was given has a hole in the back, and all the shirts were gone by the time the show ended, so thank you for that. But, um, got our merch, $200 later, I'm in the building, we were in the VIP bar, just kind of hanging out, waiting for the gates to open, the gates open, we go to our seats, we're mostly in the shade, not totally in the shade, but mostly in the shade, the side of my face was getting some sun, but that's about it, I just put my t-shirt that I bought over my head, and I was fine, uh, I had a water bottle with me, and we were all good to go, so we sat there for a couple of hours, gates opened at six, uh, the opener, Beach Fossils, came out at eight, Beach Fossils, um, they were good, not exactly my cup of tea when it comes to music, but I will say that type of music, they've got a real indie vibe, is fantastic for live performance. Am I going to go back and listen to much of their music uh, on Apple Music or wherever I get my music? I'll check them out, yeah, but am I going to... Are they going to be in rotation? Probably not. Not exactly my cup of tea, but I appreciate their work, and I think that they were pretty excellent live. Uh, they're instrumentation in the band itself was actually really strong um they were very interactive with the crowd um they know how to pump a crowd up they are they're a great opener that's what they are is a great opener an opener's job is to get the crowd ready for the main attraction they got everyone hyped um they're longtime friends of post malone so they were kind of telling some stories and stuff it was really cool um the lead singer was drunk so um very low eyes during the performance and uh, some interesting comments and stuff. Um, but they sounded good live. It's just, again, not my cup of tea when it comes to music, and that's fine. But kudos to Beach Fossils. I think that their live set is great. It really is good. And uh, appreciate the work that they put into that and uh, the music that they played because I do think that they are worthy of being on this tour. Um, they were good. Let's get to the main attraction itself. I'm going to try to be somewhat brief with this review so we can talk a little bit about something more serious as this week has been a little rough uh, for celebrities and mental health. Um, but more on that in a little bit. 
the concert itself for Post Malone was uh, everything I expected and more. The energy was through the roof from the opening of the concert. It was just absolutely impressive through and through. It was really, really fun. The band started things off with like an extended intro uh, situation with the instrumental. Uh, it was really, really fun opening because it actually opened with a group of ladies playing the strings like a cello player violin it was beautiful like a yellow spotlight almost like an angelic spotlight on them as the smoke filled the stage and the rest of the band members took the stage and then out walks post malone and the place that kind of sort of has a roof but not really lost its roof in the process because DFW loves their native Post Malone and they made it known on night one of his two night stay in Dallas uh it was nice to see him back home and see him smiling again he is always smiling um always so energetic during his performances the first few songs in the set were great to get the crowd pumped like wow um, Zach and Codeine, which he's probably performed in other tours and other concerts, but um, I hadn't heard live before, and that's a really fun instru- instrumental. So uh, stuff like that was really cool. He played Hollywood Dreams off of one of his OG mixtapes from when he was like 18. Um, it was different than the 12 Carat Tour. Like, it had some similarities just in terms of how certain songs were performed, but I cannot overstate how important that band is. The live band added so much depth and so many layers and so much texture to the performance, so much emotion to the songs that otherwise just kind of were what they were. Now, these songs, it felt like, had a lot more emotional impact on the crowd. Just because the guitar solos, the keys, the loud and distorted drums. It it, it was all just so heavy. Like, on uh, songs like Take What You Want, featuring Ozzy and Travis Scott. Um, there's a guitar solo in that song. The guitar solo live is just different. It just hits different. And then on top of that, especially in that same song, the level of production that went into this show, uh, the lighting rigs of uh, above Post Malone and the band and around them, how they were all moving and angling and different colors and different patterns and the different light patterns. It was almost on par with the weekend's lighting production. The lighting was awesome. The screen that was behind them was also transparent so they can make it see-through and set off some fireworks behind it and pyro behind it and flames. Like, when take what you want played, especially at the end, it was just, it felt like the open to a WWE show where it was just pop, 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 you know, like all over the place, all kinds of sparks flying and explosions and pyro and pretty colors and fire everywhere and after the sh- the song ended uh posty goes up to the mic and he's like was that enough fireworks for y'all is that enough fire i think we need more <laughs> like 
there was so much fire and so many explosions, so many pretty colors. There was a lot going on, man. And like during WoW, uh, something as simple as when he says G-Wagon, 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 there was a massive G-Wagon behind him and showing different angles. And then, uh, you know, during certain runs on certain songs, pyro going off and uh, they had like an automated camera that was on a track system in front of them that would follow them across the stage and get some really unique angles that humans just can't because they're not quick enough. Um, really cool production, man. Like that was the one of the things that he was promoting when he announced the tour. He said some really cool production. The band and the lighting and the effects on the giant screen, you know, the different filters, the different camera angles, masterclass of production. It was a real masterclass of production and some of the transitions and like interludes that they did. Uh, they did Jonestown interlude, which was just beautiful live uh, with the distorted vocal and the extended instrumental intro. Um, there was another part, the transition from Over Now into Rockstar was nutty man you could hear the beat the bpm kind of switch up a little bit at the end of over now where the cymbals are crashing you could hear that beat switch just ever so slightly and then it just went into electric guitars just riffing and then posty kind of getting the crowd hype just hey 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 and then just almost like a it felt like a record scratch moment where it was just like something just got ripped in your mind and then all the lights go out and then just Abby, you know what you know the rest of the lyrics i'm trying to keep it family friend here but um yeah the and then the pyro and stuff that was going off during rockstar um and then the vocal performance of one post malone was incredible he sang feeling whitney i've never heard that live it was gorgeous as gorgeous as you would expect he really got the crowd involved. That was an intermission for the band, so it was just Posty and a guitar. It was awesome. Just him counting down the, you know, one, two, three, four. Ooh, 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 ooh. Like, it was just so... It, it was intimate. Like, I will say, he's not the most conversational during shows he just does a lot of he shows a lot of emotion physically and he'll say you know thank you so very much i love you guys like between songs but um he's not the biggest talker and when he does it's not anything crazy he'll pop a few jokes every now and then but like uh it was just cool to see that the real intimacy came during the song during the music, during the actual performance, not the in-between periods. Uh, he did give out a, you know, let's effing go Tarrant County College, which was funny. Uh, and then he was like, yeah, I went there for three months and didn't do a single assignment. Um, uh, tons of how about them bleeping cowboys. Um, he's a big cowboys fan. His dad worked for the organization and catering forever. Hello, Rich Post. Uh, if you would want to come on the show sometime, please. Um, I would love to talk to you and uh, pick your brain about the relationship that you have with my co-host on Sundays, Chris Arnold. Um, but uh, Or if you want to get your son on, that would be really cool too. Um, he is one of my heroes. But uh, besides the point, besides the point, um, 
it was really cool to see how involved he is with the crowd and how much he truly does enjoy being in front of a live crowd and how much he does appreciate live music and his fans. He made it known. He did, I, I said he's not much of a talker, but there was uh, a period in between two songs. I don't remember which two songs. Never mind, I do. I remember it was going into congratulations. He was just kind of going on this, I don't want to say rant, but he was going on this like preacher session of you know, the past three years were so weird and it's so nice to see all kinds of different people together again. And this world is filled with so much hate. So if you see someone that's struggling, give them a hug, say that, it, you know, I bleep and love you no matter what you think. It, it was a really touching moment. Um, and he told everyone, only you have the power to be exactly what you want to be and who you want to be. Nobody else can be it for you. Um, and he means it. I mean, look at him. You know, he's covered in tattoos. He's wearing jean shorts. He's just smiling all the time. And he's so happy. It's like he is uniquely who he is. There is no one on this planet like Austin Richard Post. And I think it's not a cop out. It's not him being corny and mushy. It's him being honest when he says that stuff because he is famous because he is undoubtedly him. He is undoubtedly who he wants to be. It was beautiful. The set list was awesome in terms of the songs played and the order of the songs. Uh, he did dupe a, a good amount of the crowd when um, they played Congratulations and they all walked off the stage. Lights went dark. Everyone's chanting, Posty, Posty, Posty. And uh, then they came out for an encore for, I believe, two or three songs where they played, they ended with Chemical, um, and after the encore, it's already leaving me what they played before Chemical, it was an older song, but, um, it ended with Chemical, ended on a great note, sent the crowd home happy, um, night one of Dallas was awesome, I wish I was there right now as I'm speaking at night two of the Dallas, uh, stop of the if y'all were not here I'd be crying tour but um I give this a solid A I don't want to say A plus um even though the emotional value is definitely there for me to give it an A plus um after seeing the weekend's concert the after hours till dawn tour I think that was an A plus and I think it's going to be very hard for anyone to top that um I'm going to give it an A and there was not many things that they could have done better. I will say that. There was not many things at all. You can count on one hand, probably. Uh, my only knock that I can think of off the dome, I wish they would have played one more song off the new record. Uh, we got Overdrive. We got uh, Chemical. We got Morning. And then we got Enough is Enough, which Enough is Enough is going to be stuck in my head for the next three years. That is a fantastic song, and it's even better live. But I wish we could have gotten like a Buyer Beware or a Texas Tea since we were in Texas. That would have been cool, but that's nitpicking at that point. The set list was awesome. Tip of the cap to everyone involved, the production team, the band, and Post Malone himself. Um, beautifully done, beautifully, beautifully executed, and one hell of a time. And when that level of thought and care and effort goes into something like that, it makes me happy that I spent what was probably an unreasonable amount of money. Um, so thank you to Post Malone 
for making an incredible and memorable night for me and one of my best friends, Justin. Um, it was a great time. It truly was. Oh, the great thing about this dinky setup that I have is I'm literally standing up pacing around my room as I record this now. And luckily, my experience, limited experience in production and radio, I know how to eliminate room noise uh, and not completely ruin my vocals. So uh, if it is a little echoey, I can remove most of that and still sound somewhat human. This is incredible because I like to pace around when I talk. I like to stand up when I talk. I can't sit still. I'm a very fidgety person, so this is nice. Getting to hang out with y'all on AM on the FM while pacing around my bedroom. Like, uh, I have ADHD when I do not, but I probably should uh, get checked out because my focus is at an all-time low here lately. Um, so that's why we are going to go ahead and transition into our final topic here on today's episode of AM on the FM where I want to talk a little bit about um, two celebrity figures and two that were in similar boats and uh, one of them has ended and I won't I don't even want to say the word ended but one of them is doing well and then the other one ended not so well um, and this is going to be real brief too because this is something that I could go on a full tangent on and uh, full disclosure I have an idea this is a tease for the future hopefully I have no I'm I've not made any progress on making this happen this is just something I want to do but um, I hope to do especially in the fall as we get closer to like mental health awareness and suicide awareness and prevention um, I want to get some sort of mental health expert on the show for an interview and to spread awareness. That would be so, so awesome. But for now, it's just going to be me and my experience talking and trying to uh, make the world around me better because um, like Post Malone was telling us, it's not exactly great all the time, but um, we, we have the power to change it by being the change. And Let's talk a little bit about Johnny Manziel and Angus Cloud. Johnny Manziel has a Netflix uh, documentary, I believe. I think it's a documentary and not a series. I could be wrong. Um, but some sort of, uh, like, biopic of, um, you know, his life. And the turbulent, turbulent football career and the lifestyle that he chose that surrounded it. And he mentioned how... He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and he actually tried to commit suicide, I believe, back in 2016, I want to say. And luckily, the gun malfunctioned when he pulled the trigger up against his head. And he survived, because nothing discharged. And then on the other side of the coin, you have Angus Cloud. If you've watched HBO's hit series Euphoria, um, you know him as Fezco. Uh, the drug dealer and he was a very lovable character because he really came out of his shell there uh, in the later parts of the first and second seasons and you kind of got to see the human side of a very tough and very uh, emotionally disturbed human and it turns out that you know in his personal life outside of the show there was a bit of you know 
personal um, battle as he was battling depression uh, because his father was battling, um, I believe, cancer. And it was a last-minute thing. He tragically passed away. They buried his father in Ireland, and when they came back from Ireland, these two were reportedly, like, best friends, just so close and so tight that when they came back from Ireland, Angus decided to stay with his family because he was battling, you know, mental health and just wasn't finding much to live for. And sure enough, we wake up one morning and TMZ reports that he's found dead at 25 years old. Um, they It sounds like it was a overdose, but his mom is now claiming that she doesn't think it was intentional, it was accidental, but it sounds like overdose is what happened, uh, whether it was planned or not. At 25 years old is just tragic. And the fact that, you know, he was struggling so hard that he was leaning on uh, those external factors to try to give him some sort of feeling of relief and happiness and get away from the mourning um, and the grief that comes with losing a parent at such a young age is really sad. It's really angering. It's disturbing. And not in any selfish ways. It's just because I lived it. You know, um... If you haven't seen the pinned tweet on my Twitter account, then uh, you don't know that I lost my mom when I was 20. You know, and he was 25 when he lost his dad. Um, So I've, obviously, everybody's situations are different. Everybody's relationships are different. Everybody's uh, grief and mourning cycles are different. But I have been in the category of a young person that lost a parent. And it's just really sad to see that someone in a similar boat, just a little bit older than me, just three years older, didn't make it, did not make it through. That sucks. And it hits home. I spent that whole day just kind of in shock and not really social, you know, uh, whenever I saw the news of Angus's passing. Um... And it still bothers me. You know, I still think about it, even though I never knew him personally, never met him, nothing. Just watched his work. And seeing the tributes that came pouring out from his colleagues and friends and castmates just made it even worse. Because it it seemed like this was a truly lovely human being. And he is no longer here. He is no longer with us because of mental health and the struggles that come with it so i am begging and strongly encouraging each and every one of you listening as i wrap up this episode of am on the fm go reach out to someone you haven't reached out to in a while and a while you can be the judge of what that definition is if it's a week if it's a few days if it's two years Someone you haven't reached out to in a while that you think you should talk to. I'm not saying to have a full-blown sit-down where you spend your entire day together. That would be cool, but if you don't have the time, just a simple text. Ask them how they're doing. Check up on them. Ask if they're happy. Ask if they need anything. 
Ask if you can be of any assistance. Ask if they need to talk. Ask if they need a hug. Ask if they need to get out of the house. The simplest gesture can literally save lives. And that's not any kind of hyperbole. It is so, so, so true. Speaking from my grief experience when I lost my mother, the best way for me to heal was when people, you know, were continuously asking me if we could hang out. It was like, it was not overwhelming at all. It was awesome when people were just like, hey, can we go out to lunch today? Can I get you out of the house today? That was awesome. It really, really was. And I, I hope that more people catch on to how serious this thing is. I feel like the stigma around mental health, especially in men, is still real. But I think the stigma is starting to be lessened. I just think the severity of it is not being realized by people. I think we're starting to accept that this is a thing and this is an issue as a collective whole. We're not perfect. We're not there. We're not at the finish line yet by any means. I still think there's an issue when it comes to the stigma. I just think we're improving on that stance. But I think the bigger issue now is just people underestimating the severity and the harsh reality that is behind it. Once we can do that, we can start to see positive change in the forefront and the world of mental health. Uh, And especially amongst men, guys, I know most people listening to this right now are going to be men. Go ask for help if you don't think you can do it alone. I promise there are professionals that know what they're doing. And I swear, 99% of them, the, oh, they're just doing it for money. They're, They're only caring because they're getting paid. That belief is not true. They're doing it and they're helping you because they want to, because they love it, because it's what they were put on God's green earth to do. Some people actually do care. It's not just their job. Go find a therapist. Go talk to a friend. Talk to a family member. Talk to a coworker. Talk to a teacher. Talk to a professor. Talk to a personal trainer. Whatever you have, whatever human resource you have, Use it to get help and help yourself live a healthier state of mind and a healthier life. If you can live within a healthier mind, you can live a fantastic life and you can start tapping into that potential that I know each and every one of you listening have. So please check in on someone, tell them you love them today, ask them if they need anything, and then ask yourself those same things and tell yourself that you love yourself in the mirror before you go to bed tonight. That's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of AM on the FM. We will get back to regular scheduling this week. I wanted to put this episode off to get you the full in-depth review of the concert and hopefully we will have plenty more to talk about. I am hoping to get another guest on the show soon. Not going to say who or what because I have options and I don't really know who uh, we're going to have on next because we are getting into the thick of it in terms of the media cycle with football coming up. So I'm going to try to get somebody fun on. If you have any requests 
for topics or for people you want to be on the show hit me on twitter at alec on the radio uh at alec on the radio on instagram as well i will be taking any and all suggestions if you are not already following the podcast please hit that follow button it goes a long way if you are not sharing the podcast please share the podcast with your friends and family i promise it makes a major difference and it helps me out as I get to the road uh, to monetization. So that's all the time we got for this week. Thank you again so much for listening to your favorite new weekly addiction. It's AM on the FM. Peace. <laughs>